0: I'm I'm sure.
1: Stuart.
0: And together, we, we are DNSS. Yes. So today we're going to speak about deportations, both the general process and also about how things have been going on with COVID. So let's start off.
1: Alright, so what are the grounds for deportation?
0: There are kind of a few main ones. The first one is that you may not have a visa to be lawfully in New Zealand, so you're unlawfully in the country. The second one is that you may have been convicted of an offence. The third one is that you may have had your visa cancelled. They tend to be the three main reasons as to why you may be liable for deportation.
1: Right, and obviously there's a difference between what kind of visa you have. So if if your visa's been cancelled or your visa is potentially going to be cancelled because of a criminal conviction, then it depends on what type of visa you got, whether it's a temporary visa, or whether it's a residence visa. So for temporary visa holders, it doesn't actually even have to be a conviction. The Immigration Act says, that if you have been charged with an offence, it's enough.
0: Yeah, essentially it's just good reasons. It's kind of got a big catch-all that pretty much just says, as long as the minister has good reasons, he can issue you with a deportation liability notice, which is a DLN, or a uh, deportation order, which is a DO. So we might be using those
1: little short forms for the rest of the podcast. Yeah. To my mind, the fact that you could be deported from New Zealand when you've only been charged with an offence, is a complete breach of our Bill of Rights Act and centuries of common law, which is the presumption of innocence. You're innocent until proven guilty. So the fact that you have been charged with an offence doesn't mean you actually did I
0: mean, it's the whole basis of our legal system, right? You can't just punish someone for something they may or may not have done. I mean, conviction, look, understandable, you had a jury of your peers or a judge convict you saying you did something wrong, therefore you issued with a DLN or a DO. But if you've just been charged, what if you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time and you were just the one that they picked up? You shouldn't be issued with a DLN or deportation liability for that.
1: I mean, certainly Pudgin and I would welcome any cases, anybody who's in a position whereby they are sent up with a deportation liability notice on the basis of a merely being charged with a criminal offence, then I would like to hear from you because I think we would welcome taking a challenge of that decision to the High Court on the basis that it's a breach of the Bill of Rights Act and that the actual legislation is a breach of the Bill of Rights Act so therefore the court needs to interpret it in a way that's consistent with their Bill of Rights Which would be, you cannot be deported on the basis of a charge alone. Um,
0: I have heard about some people trying to get immigration to cancel the deportation liability notice because of a what's called a good reasons request. So essentially, you can write to immigration and say, look, there are good reasons why you should cancel this. One of these good reasons may be that, look, I've only been charged, I haven't actually been convicted. However, unfortunately, I've never actually heard of any of these being successful. And just because it is in the act that um, a charge is sufficient, I don't see immigration cancelling DLNs just because of a good to request for this as well.
1: And I think this is a general bugbear and certainly a sense in the immigration legal community is that compliance, which is a section within Immigration in New Zealand who deal with all of these types of deportations, and, is that despite them having the power to cancel deportations, they never actually exercise the power. I know that we as, as lawyers have tried to get information from immigration New Zealand as to how many cancellations have you actually done? And the answer is we don't know because we don't keep any statistics. I
0: honestly cannot remember the last time I had a cancellation of a deportation order. I may have had maybe one in my entire career and that's really saying something because
1: DLNs and DOs are issued all the time. Yeah. So in terms of temporary then, as, as we said, you could theoretically be served with a deportation liability notice on the basis of only being charged with an offence. I think the vast majority of cases that doesn't happen, that it actually awaits until a conviction would occur. But in terms of residence, if you're a resident visa holder, then your liability for deportation for a criminal conviction can last up to 10 years from when you get your residence but it changes as the years go along in recognition that you've been in New Zealand for a long time so the first one is if you are a resident visa holder And that you are convicted of an offence where the judge had the ability to issue a sentence of imprisonment of three months or more, and your offending took place within two years of you getting residence, then you could be made liable for deportation.
0: So it's really important to remember that that's only if the judge had the power to enforce that. He doesn't even need to have given it to you. So, for example, reckless driving, drink driving, that kind of thing, a judge may give you a period of imprisonment for three months or more. Therefore, boom, you're in the DLMDO sphere.
1: Yeah, just to clarify, so you could actually be fined $10 yep. and still come within this section yep. and, and could be made liable for deportation on the basis of being fined $10 by the court. If the judge could have sentenced you to a term of three months or more, So then it moves on to the next lot. so when you're in the two to five year category, you need to be convicted of an offence which the judge had the power to impose a prison sentence of two years or more. And again, you don't need to get the two years or more prison sentence, it just needs to have been available to the judge.
0: On that note, actually speaking about things that you can be convicted for, we've also had Immigration New Zealand issue DLNs and DOs. If you plead guilty and if you're not convicted. So if you're given the discharge without conviction, you're technically not convicted, however you've pled guilty, therefore they know you've done it or you've committed the offence can issue with a DLN.
1: Yeah, there's different judgments from the court on this. So some people go to criminal sentencing and they say i looking for a discharge without conviction on the basis that if I'm not convicted then immigration won't do anything to me, I won't be deported. And some judges agree with that view and will give uh discharge without conviction. But there are other judges who say, well actually you only need to be charged with the offence, so it doesn't really matter. So yeah, there's there's two schools of thought there in the criminal court. I think the the best piece of advice is if you are charged with a criminal offence and you're a visa holder not only do you need to seek criminal legal counsel you need to seek immigration advice as well
0: and that's not anything to say gets criminal lawyers it's just we all have our specialties and ours is immigration
1: yeah so going back to the resident one again there is. The other tier for residents, if you commit an offence and are sentenced to a term of imprisonment of five years or more. So, this time you actually have to be sentenced to a term of imprisonment for five years or more if the offence was committed not later than 10 years after you first held residence. So, basically, if you're in that year five plus of holding residence, but before reaching 10 years over, if you are sentenced in New Zealand for an offence that was committed during that 10 years and you were sentenced to a of imprisonment for five years or more, then you could be made liable for deportation. I know that's complex and it makes my head hurt. I guess this is why
0: you have specialties. Hmm. If you do get issued with a DLN or a deportation order, depending on which kind of band you sit in, and the reason for which you've been issued with a DLN or a DO, you may have something called a humanitarian appeal against deportation available to you. And that's a whole separate podcast in itself and the differences between a tech visa holder and a residence visa holder. But it's important to know that these have to be filed within a set number of days. And if you miss those days, that's it. That's your opportunity gone. So again, it's really important to make sure that you get some decent advice on it.
1: Yeah, because the tribunal has no power to extend those time frames, so if you miss it, that's it, you're done.
0: And it's not something that you can get back. There's no way of getting your eligibility for such an appeal back, really, so it's, it's a one-shot thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, your only option, if that occurred, would be to write to the Minister of Immigration and seek help whether to cancel your... You effectively make your humanitarian appeal to the Minister of Immigration and hope that uh, they cancel the deportation.
0: And again, that's something that's incredibly difficult because the Minister isn't even required to consider your request. Yeah. Again, whole new podcast, but just things for you to keep in mind, really. As I was saying at the beginning, there is also another reason that you might be issued with a DLN, and that's if you've had your visa cancelled for any particular reason. So, what are some reasons that you can have your visa
1: cancelled, Stuart? Fraud. (laughs) That's a big one? Typically it's on a previous visa application you told us that you were single. Then on your new visa application it turns out that actually you were married at the time when you said you were single. And although those two things may not really seem like a big huge deal, for immigration in New Zealand it's while you provided false and misleading information on a previous visa application you denied us an opportunity to look into this matter as to whether we would have granted you the visa or not. If we had known that you were married, we might not have granted you this visa but we might have. However, you still provided false and misleading information so therefore we can cancel your visa or decline your new visa application more than likely rendering you unlawful because your visa runs out.
0: And You've got to remember here that there's no intention. You should, you don't need to have intended to hide this from them. Even
1: if you just did it by accident,
0: with no malicious intent,
1: doesn't matter. You've done it. That whole thing about intention, right? I mean, absolute bugbear of mine again. And the courts have said that there's no intention required. I mean, I call BS on that, right? Because you cannot commit fraud. You cannot withhold information without actually knowing, knowing it. you're doing it. So you had to have done it intentionally or had at least knowledge of it. Yeah, I so mean, mean, if
0: I it? never knew I had a kid, then how am I going to withhold that information? Because I never had that information to withhold. Yeah. So, I mean, look, that's another whole thing that we rant at ourselves about all
1: the time. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? It's, it's another one of those things that you, you end up saying to yourself the laws and asked Because how can you commit fraud without actually knowing it? You can. So I guess what they're saying is fraud occurs whether it's you that filled in the form... Or somebody else. So this is why they don't want there to be an intention because you say, well, I didn't fill in the form, my agent filled in the form, so I didn't know that they put down that I was single and therefore I didn't commit fraud. It was the agent that committed fraud, but what immigration says, is, no, you committed the fraud because it was your form. We don't care who filled it in. And that's really where
0: you come into a lot of difficulty. Um, I guess all we can say there is, check your form, really.
1: Yeah, don't sign until you've checked it thoroughly.
0: And then we really get into what's happening now with
1: deportations.
0: COVID is a thing that we're all dealing with. It's been there for about a year now. People often aren't let back into their countries of origin. Different countries have closed their borders, to even citizens. So what's immigration doing? Are they recognizing this? Are they understanding this? What's the news on the ground, really? Well...
1: It seems to be changing. When we first started out, I think there was a recognition that you couldn't really put anybody overseas to deport them. Then, as things started to move along in terms of New Zealand's own situation, then compliance thought, well, we can start to deport people now. But that wasn't really taken into account of getting the person out of the country, getting them on a flight, putting them into a place where they were going to actually be exposed to covid then there's issues of potentially family separation that's going to be involved, yeah? And what, one of the things that I was told was that there's a lack of psychologists' availability in New Zealand. Because of COVID, a lot of people have had mental health problems, right? So psychologists are overloaded with work. So if you've got a, a migrant who's to be deported, but a psychologist might be able to provide very good evidence as to why they shouldn't be deported, and you can't get the person to a psychologist because all the psychologists are booked. Then it's like, sorry, you don't have any evidence as to why you shouldn't be deported, so we're deporting you. Yeah, I mean, it's more than just uh, the country's borders are closed. It's
0: it's so much more. It's the capacity of a lot of people to provide evidence, whether that evidence can actually be obtained. I mean, we've got to remember that everywhere else in the world is pretty much in a lockdown. They're having real difficulties going about day-to-day activities. So you want one document from your uncle in some other country? He's going to have to go find it, find a place to scan it if he's lucky enough to have one at home, and then get it to you. It's not an easy
1: feat, really. Not when the the clock is ticking. And especially if, if you're unlawful and you've been picked up by compliance and put in jail pending your deportation, You find it very difficult to be able to communicate with your uncle to get this information going. And it's, we've got a flight booked, we're putting you on it, and it's up to you to come up with some evidence in this very short window to prevent us from deporting.
0: Yeah, and as Stuart said, you're probably going to be detained in a prison or remand at this time. And yes, it is possible, possible to have you released. However, that is a whole separate thing they call warrants of commitment and they're not easy
1: either. So deportations have actually reduced under COVID. There's no doubt about it because Immigration's own website has something on it at the moment where it says the compliance team has a deportation budget. So they, they get allocated X amount of money to use for people who can't afford to fly home but we want to deport them. Then New Zealand pays for the flight to make sure they get out of the country, yeah. So they haven't actually used that budget. So now what they're doing is using part of that budget for people who are subject to deportation, but who are a temporary migrant who's stuck in New Zealand, who want to actually go home. They don't want to stay here any longer, but they don't have any money in their pocket to pay for their own flight uh, because they've been unable to work because of COVID. They've lost their job, etc. So. There is the ability now for those people to apply to immigration New Zealand, and immigration New Zealand will pay for the flight home, but you won't get another visa to come back to New Zealand until such times as you've paid that money back to to New Zealand.
0: On that note, if you are someone who does have a DLN and gets them or a deportation order, and you want to leave voluntarily, there are a few things that you can do to avoid being put in remand or being detained until you leave. So we would really recommend getting a representative to speak to Immigration New Zealand on your behalf, negotiate with them so you can stay with your family, with your friends, in your own home, um, while you sort out your life and get yourself ready to leave. That's how Immigration wants it as well. They don't want to have to go to the expense of putting you up in a prison for a decent amount of time, going to court for this, that kind of thing. So not all is lost. You won't automatically be tossed into prison. It would be wise to get in touch with immigration, but again, we'd recommend a representative do it on your behalf. And you don't just put your hands up and tell immigration that, hey, I'm
1: here, I'm hanging out here, I wanna leave. So I think to round up top tips, do not commit fraud. Good one, good one. <laughs> do not commit crime. I love you great ones,
0: right yeah, there. thank
1: you. <laughs> and don't allow your visa to expire. However, yeah, yeah. if your visa has expired, then what you wanna do is get yourself to an immigration lawyer and see whether we can rectify that situation for you. Because, you know, those are the reasons why you're going to be deported. You've committed a crime, you've committed fraud, or you don't have a visa. Well, you know, I know it's easy to say, but don't do those things.
0: If you have, and if
1: you're stuck, come see us.
0: Um, But to wrap up today, have you done anything particularly interesting in the last week, Stuart? Oh, I saw your profile
1: in ADLS magazine today. Oh yeah, I've yeah, done an interview with uh, ADLS magazine where they profiled me as the chair of the Auckland District Law Society's Immigration and Refugee Law Committee. Is that, and that's a huge Pretty thing. No mouthful? It, yeah. I think of an acronym for that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was interviewed for them for that, and I also... I had a meeting during the week with Ministry of Justice and Ministry of Health. We were talking about Human Assisted Reproductive Technology Act and fertility treatment and stuff. So it's a subspeciality of mine, and we might do a podcast about that later on at some point. So, yeah, those are a couple of things I've been doing this week and amongst actual work.
0: <laughs> actual work. Try to get some of that done where we can, really. For yeah. um, yourself. I am in the Auckland University Law Alumni Magazine. It's a profile of me and what I did for my master's, so that was pretty interesting. What uh, was your master's? It was uh, a master's of law uh, specialising in international law. So all of the international conventions, human rights, all of that kind of thing, immigration between countries, and so on and so forth, so really right up the alley of what we do, I guess. But yeah, I guess that's us wrapping it up for today. We'll hopefully speak to you soon. Uh, If you've got any questions, get in touch with us. Our website is dslaw.nz. Our emails are p-o-o-j-a at dslaw.nz or s-t-e-w-a-r-t at dslaw.nz. We're on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. So come find us and we'll see you soon.